That Guy's House presents 22 Minutes of Transformation with Sean and Karen. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of 22 Minutes of Transformation. I'm Sean Patrick and I'm here with... Karen Mills Alston. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I'm feeling open and available to listen to what is coming through each of us as we answer this question. I think it's a powerful question. I agree. And for anyone that listened to last episode, the question came to you um, as we were wrapping up last week's conversation. So it's, it's exciting. And I'm also, I'm, I'm interested to hear why, because I currently don't see the connection, but I look forward to hearing that story. So anyway, let's jump right into it. Karen, what is this week's question? So the question is, why do we compare and contrast ourselves with others? I, I use this phrase, compare and contrast, uh, because human beings compare themselves to others. And the contrast is the way that we take ourselves down the rabbit hole. So we compare and then we contrast. The contrast is the difference. The contrast is saying, um, I'm not good enough. I'm here. He is better than I am. So we compare and we don't stop there. We then bring on all of our stuff that adds to that. Usually contrast means an opportunity to grow. If we are alert and aware enough We see the contrast, and then we spiral up. Most people, they compare, they contrast, and they do nothing because the comparing and contrast brings them down. I'm not worthy. I could never do that. I, Whatever the the I is, that does not lift us up. So this is the, the idea. Stop. Do not compare and contrast. I was sitting in meditation um, just the other day, and Akili Beckwith said this, Spirit wants to express uniquely as me. That's why we're here. We're here to be our unique selves. And when we compare and contrast, we don't. We don't. I mean, so many places I want to jump in. I adore this question. I can absolutely vouch that too much of my headspace, especially in my teens and 20s, was spent in compare and contrast, or as I like to say, compare and despair, because that's exactly (laughs) what I was doing. It was comparison for, it was comparison like masochism it was like just absolute self-torture of the not good enough for this that this that and you're so right it was a spiral that never stopped and was nothing but torture so I I really love that that we're exploring this topic I think there's so many things I'm going to learn from listening to you there's so much I'm going to learn from listening to you this week and and I'm going to learn a lot from listening to you, Shaman, because that's why we're here. This is not a debate or an argument. It's a discussion. 
So I guess one thing I can bring to the table is I've got a psychology background and the argument there would be that from an evolutionary standpoint, you know, we had to compare and despair to um, increase our standing amongst the tribe. Um, And I really think it's sometimes a cop-out to take everything back to evolutionary psychology because that's not where we are now. We're in, we're in the year 2021 and, you know, we're not, well, we're not obviously trying to find a status in our tribe, but I guess in some ways we, we still are. Can you relate to what I'm saying at all? Well, I'm not. That's something that I've let go of. Yes. Remember the other day you sent me a question and it was, do you sleep on a silk pillow? And I said, nope. (laughs) I don't do it. Now, there's some people who say that if I don't sleep on a silk pillow, it means that I don't have enough money to buy one. I don't sleep on a silk pillow, not only because, you know, everybody um, thinks that that means wealth, I don't sleep on a silk pillow because I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> I Listen, I get it completely. I, I, that was Sean watching too much Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes. But I, yeah, um, <laughs> but I, but I get it because I know people could look into my life for different reasons, not my pillowcases. But, um, you know, decisions I make that aren't the fancy flash one. Yes. Um, just because it's not who I am or it's not in my nature. And I I actually really like that about myself. And I think that, you know, over time, you know, I make great money, I have a great life, but I still haven't found (laughs) the part of me, which is flashy. And that's interesting, because if we are talking about compare and contrast, they're the kind of things that people do glamour, quote, unquote, glamour, um, to establish your position amongst the pack or the tribe like we compare and contrast ourselves um to what um often against what's considered glamorous Mm -hmm. um and it's so it's it's almost like it's innate in us it's almost like it's it's almost like everybody by default without doing the work has this problem of compare and despair yes Yes, because I don't know what you call it here, there, but in the United States, we call it keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, yeah, we we, we use that phrase, yeah. Okay, so um, keeping up with the Joneses means that we're walking in lockstep with the rest of the world. It means that we are not allowing our uniqueness to shine through. So those who are on this metaphysical, mystical path, whether they know it or not, they stick out like a sore thumb. And that's just a phrase. They stick out because they really know that they are unique. They don't want to be compared with anybody else. They want, they know how, we know how important it is to allow our uniqueness to shine and not step back from it. So, you know that I used to be involved in all of the clubs, all yeah. of the prestigious kinds of things. Yep. Yeah. And 
about, oh my gosh, about 18 years ago, before I came to Agape, I decided that I was going to step away from those organizations and didn't allow my daughter to participate in any of that stuff that I had participated in, like having a cotillion. Um, because what I found was that there is separation. So in those organizations, there are hierarchies. And in those organizations, because these are black organizations, there are, uh, in my mother's day, there was the paper bag test. So if you were darker than the paper bag, you would not be admitted into those organizations. So as human beings, we tend to separate ourselves out and um, make people feel uncomfortable, not unknowing. Because remember, everybody wants to be part of these organizations. It's like the elitist thing. And they think that if they're, some people think that if they're not part of it, then um, they're not good enough. So I began to pull myself away. I remember one of these organizations, and if I said the name, everyone would know what this organization is, I think. Um, they said, Karen, nobody's ever done this. We'll give you a year. Think about it. And I said, I don't need a year. Um, and after I let a year pass, didn't go to any of the meetings, didn't participate. I, I wrote my letter, submitted it, and it was like getting out of a gang. It was crazy. They thought I had lost my mind. I no longer wanted to walk in lockstep with anybody else. I wanted to shine my uniqueness. And I couldn't do that in those organizations. You know, it's just clicked for me where this question, how this question dropped into last week's conversation when we were talking about, is it important that we're happy? We were talking about the the Michelin star restaurant owner who killed himself yes. when his Michelin stars were taken away. Um, mm -hmm. That's, that's the connection I believe where we've gone from happiness to compare and despair. That, that, yes. That's the jump I just made in my head, which is great. Yes. Um, I love everything you're saying. And when you talk about, you know, belonging to these high society organizations, um, you know, people look upon things like a cotillion a high-profile luncheon or charity event. Um, you know, I mean, gosh, I, we were just talking about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. You mm -hmm. know, we look upon that kind of lifestyle as the pinnacle of existence. But it really, <laughs> you really have to question that because, in fact, if your pinnacle of existence is enlightenment, peace, being a beneficial presence, it probably doesn't lend itself to that very worldly quote unquote, glamour. And it can. I mean, there can be, because I could, it, I mean, I certainly would never rejoin those organizations. They would not have me back. Um, but I could, if I had done it a different way, I may have been able to stay in the organization. I don't think so. Um, and do the things that I wanted to do and maintain my uniqueness. But I was not um, spiritually mature enough to be able to do that 18 years ago. I just wasn't. So the best thing for me was to pull out. And even now I've been asked uh, one or two times to 
participate and all, because they still love me. My mother was part of the organization, and my husband was part of the organization. Um, but I could, it was something that no longer served me. It didn't make me feel good any longer. And I'm very, I'm very clear about that. So I could, if I were, if I wanted to, I probably could go back now and I could maintain a certain kind of um, demeanor and uh, because I know who I really am and I wouldn't um, show up any differently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, let me bring the question back down to, I think, a really obvious example so many of us can relate to is when we're on social media and we see people doing things and we wish we were doing that or we wish we were having that success. Mm-hmm. That becomes, you know, that device we hold in our hands can become a portal into comparing and contrasting. Yes. Do you have any insight into one, why we do that and two, how we can stop doing that? Well, you know, I don't know why we do it other than it's our humanness. And what I have learned, um, Reverend Ron Blair says this, it's just information. So we... Oh, I like that. It's just information. Yes. So we get information that so-and-so is doing this, so-and-so is doing that. And we can say to ourselves, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Uh, yeah, let me let me try that out. Uh, it's um, so when we look at things as information, we be, have a realization of what's possible. That's it. What's possible, and then we get to run with it. So there's no um, there's no envy or jealousy in it. It's just information. That's all. With the infinite possibilities of giving us information that we didn't even know existed. So, I mean, I really like that. That really does take, takes all the sting out of it, just applying, applying the belief of, well, that's also possible for me. That's also possible for me. That's, that's really beautiful. Yes. Um, yes. So let, let me ask when something comes up that might not be possible for you. The example I can give, I feel embarrassed giving this example, but you know all of this about me. You know I would love to have this big, thick head of Hollywood hair. And I've got, and I've got a fine head of hair if anyone ever gets to see me. My, my head of hair is fine. But I'd love like that <laughs> thick head of hair that starts halfway down my forehead and blows in the wind. Um, and I see people with that great head of hair online um, that's not something I can have. My hairline does not start halfway down my forehead. <laughs> so I, I, and I guess the, the long way I'm asking this question is knowing that it's possible for you is one thing, but also knowing that you are perfect, unique and complete without that thing yes. is also another part of the equation. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and then we get to say good for them. Oh, I they like have, that. Good for them. They have, yes, they have beautiful hair. You know that's and then we get to we get to remember what's unique about ourselves. Yeah. And we get to be grateful and thankful, Sean, for the head the hair that we have on our heads. Well, true, because it ain't bad. It's, it's not <laughs> 
It's not at all. And, and you've talked about things that you can do in order to get that long flowing hair if you wanted to go through them, through those yeah. things. So it's doable. Uh, and a long flowing head of hair is just a some information. And then you get to choose, we get to choose if that's something we want to strive for and then go through the steps in order to achieve it. Everything comes down to a choice, always. I mean, it's just very much, I do know when you're in the energy of compare and contrast, compare and despair, it feels very powerless, like you've been dragged along a, uh, you said a rabbit hole, I think is the phrase you you use. Mm -hmm. You get dragged down this, this pit Whereas actually just talking about it more as information, as data, it feels much more like you have a choice. It's much more empowering. Like you said, this is just information. I can choose if this is possible for me and if I want to go through what it requires for me to have that in my life. But I'm no longer at the consequence. I'm not being dragged by the heels down a a slope of despair. I keep using yes. that word because it's what, yeah. Yes, yes. Because the despair puts us into the compare and contrast. We think we're not good enough. We think that we'll never be able to achieve what we want, as opposed to good for them. And, oh, that's information. I didn't know I could do that. I mean, that's, I think that is so beautiful. So when we look at something and we want to compare and contrast, and we, it can also, we can use it as information and we can become, we can move beyond even that which we're seeing. So we get to settle in and we get to check in with ourselves. What a wonderful thing to take into meditation. This is so good. I'm writing this down now. This good for them, like good yes. for you, because, mm-hmm. you know, we know, we know from, we know metaphysically you know, what you resist persists. So if you're constantly coming up against that thing, I mean, it just takes all of the resistance out of it to go good for them, good for you, Mm -hmm. great. It takes all the resistance out of it. It takes away that literal feeling that ties your heart in a knot. So Yes, yes. And we want our hearts to be open and to be available. And, you know, I have, um, I know someone that well this is the other piece this is what i really want to say let's surround ourselves with masters so if there's somebody who's doing what it is that you want to do make friends with them reach out to them um we as human beings when we're in worried out and fear we tend to surround ourselves with people that we may think comparing and contrast are just a little bit less than who and what we are when we're rising up, we get to surround ourselves with people who are masters at what they are doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it's so it's so dismissive for us to think, oh, yeah, she did that. You know what she did to get that. It's dismissive. We have no idea. So we end up making up these stories. Let's learn about the person. Let's read up on the person. Let's reach out to the person, whatever it is, so that we can learn, we can take that information and grow within ourselves. That's a practice. 
Yeah, and it, it reminds me of, you know, what I said about it's a bit of a cop-out just to blame something on evolutionary psychology because um, whether that's true or not, it doesn't have to be a limitation. It's almost, it almost becomes arguing for a limitation. Oh, that's just how we are because of thousands and thousands of years of evolutionary genes, and I can't change that. Um, you know, that doesn't have to be the way it is. And I do think that's why, I mean, I loved my time. I loved my time studying psychology. I love my time when I do research projects, but effectively to always put something back to, well, that's just how it is. Um, it's not empowering. <laughs> it's not empowering. And it doesn't create room for an individual, you know? That's right. And we stay average like that. We, sure. we stay with the rest of the world. We don't stick out. We, we really, I want to stick out. I want to be different and available and open. If that's called sticking out, that's how I, I show up in, in the world. I know that I've done it in my family and I do it uniquely with the way that I show up in my life. I'm here, as the phrase goes, I'm here to do me. I'm not here to do anybody else. I am here to do me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a way to, that's a way to conclude a conversation on comparing and contrasting. I am here to do me. Yes. And it's trusting, well, it's, it's trusting one that you are made perfectly for what you need to do. And that's a line from A Course in Miracles. It's saying, you know, um, how can you believe God would give you a task to do, but not the means to accomplish it? So oh. It's yeah. So it's knowing that it's like, well, I was clearly made perfect for what I'm meant to do. Um, and also a big part of it is everything that I've been through was supposed to happen so I could grow into who I had to be to do that. Yes. And that's, that's something that's really clear in my spiritual journey right now. It's, I spent so long and I see this happening all over, spend so long healing from what's happened. And that's important. Let's get that real clear. It's important that we heal, but yes. not just, not just to heal from it. So we can, you know, go back to zero, so to speak, but actually to find there was something in that so powerful for me. And I'm not speaking about everything. I'm not speaking about everything, mm -hmm. but if something emotionally happened to you, I believe there's a strong chance that there is something in that which is empowering empowering to you. Yes, absolutely. And it can be a body of work yeah. that we get to give to the world. Yeah. As tragic as things are um, that some people have experienced, it has happened so that they can be more compassionate yeah. so that they can teach so that they can support others who have gone through similar things. I mean, there's, there's brilliance that gets to come out of that. Remember we are, we get to uniquely express ourselves like nobody else. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Karen, thank you for this ray of sunshine on my Monday. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now the question is very clear, isn't it? And compare, compare and contrast is just my friends that know me. When I say com I'm not comparing and contrasting, they know what that means. <laughs> I've had to explain it to them. They know what it means because it has come through me. It's how I uniquely express myself. If I think about my life, I think 90% of my suffering 
has been useless because it's been down to comparing and contrasting. There's been 10% genuine suffering in my life, and there's been 90% useless suffering. And this is, when we have this information now, now we get to use it. Yes. Thank you so much. Happy Monday. Mm -hmm.